Hello, hello, lovely listeners. I have such a treat for you today. We're joined by Time Hacker Junaid, and he's come on very generously to share about his experience as the first male time hacker. Did you know that you were the first male time hacker? I, I was unaware of that. I, I suspected it, but I, I did not know for, <laughs> for certain if that was the case. <laughs> That's an award we want to get for you, actually, the first okay. male time hacker. <laughs> Okay. So why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about why you decided to join? Yeah, I think this was back in February, Jan end of January, early February of 2022. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I have two young kids. They were obviously a little younger back then. And uh, I work uh, full time as a physician here in the United States. And I'd started a, a coaching business as well, helping other physicians get their work done at work. And between my main job, family and kids, and the coaching business, I was sort of just feeling a constant sense of, of overwhelm and, and even dread about working on my coaching business, which I, I love doing, but the thought of not being able to put time into it was was really dragging on me. Um and there were a few decisions. I was how I was spending my time in the business was sort of as uh, one of my mentors call calls it being a uh, a content chicken, where you're just sort of pecking your head around, throwing out content, pecking at the ground, and not actually doing anything meaningful. Uh, so the first call I actually came on uh, it was to get permission from you <laughs> to not produce a weekly blog. <laughs> yes, I remember that coaching. Um, because you were like, you clearly don't want to do this, so why are you doing this? And I was like, good question. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think I first learned about you on on uh, Dr. Bonnie Koo's podcast, and then she had referenced, I think she would um, interacted with you in, in uh, other capacities as well. So that's why I heard about you. Uh, I think at the time I was a little hesitant to join just because I even think your Facebook hand or your uh, Instagram handle at that time was like feminist uh, time coach or something. And so I remember messaging you being like, can I join? Is this okay? And you were like, yeah, you can. I was like, but, but no, really, can I join? <laughs> I don't want to like ruin it for anybody else in the group. So you were, were gracious enough. Yeah, I love the consideration that you had for everyone in the group and the thoughtfulness of messaging me. And I remember our message exchange as well. And it's so interesting because I had this response. This is like what I said to you, part of the reason I wanted to bring you on and bringing Johnny on as well um, is to, you know, I can have like feminist values and also wanting to be a safe space for men too. And I think that I never intended for it to close off or make people mm -hmm. feel like it was closed off. And I absolutely think that that has happened. <laughs> and that's why I love that you have come in and got the support that you wanted anyway. And even that willingness to say, like, is this a space for me? Um, yes. So what would you say to anyone who is maybe where you were and thinking, like, is this a space for me? Yeah, I mean, I think what folks really need to to look into is I had familiarity with coaching. I I, I did coach certification to life coach school as well. Um, I 
actually wasn't wasn't quite sure what the program was going to be about with a name like Time Hackers. I actually thought it might actually be less sort of mindset coaching stuff and more like what I consider life hacks, like little tweaks and, and things you can change. Um, but, you know, I'd say for anyone who's who's considering it, especially uh, and I know we're going to talk probably a little bit more about male perspective in, in that whole um, area, but it's really you have to be willing to confront all these entrenched subconscious beliefs you don't know about uh, regarding time and what that means about you, what productivity means, uh, how you tie that up with your self-worth, all like all the things uh, come out when you start exploring time and generally a, a sense of scarcity around time. Mm. And so I think um, for for others who are, are considering joining, it's, you know, not looking for the, the hacks, actually. It's looking for sort of the transformation instead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like one of the things I always say is like our brain is our number one time tool. And I think so often we are reading this list of like, wake up, have a cold shower, like eat the eat these three things and they're going to get your brain optimized and then do like 20 minutes of working out and like this like 20 step morning routine mm -hmm. of like these micro hacks that are going to get us to do things and then what ends up happening is like something falls off we don't do it perfectly and research shows that the damage of having a morning routine and then not doing it perfectly and how that impacts mm -hmm. what we get done a day is far more negative than like you know, not having the things to begin with. What what you just described, interestingly enough, um, so I think a lot of time scarcity comes from the hustle culture. Uh, it's a very U.S. Western-based tradition. Uh, it applies in, in other parts of the world, too, I think, even like Japan. But, um, you know, I, I don't think anyone would argue that really that culture was pretty much developed by men. But then their solution, what you just described, do you have the perfect morning routine? I wrote this down, right? Like our first response to, I, I feel like I don't have enough time is, well, let me look for uh, solutions to this. What are the solutions? Male CEO solutions. What does Jeff Bezos do in the first 20 minutes of his day that makes him run a multi-billion dollar company? Um, and that itself is still hustle. Yeah. Figuring out how to cram as much as you can into a 20 minute thing that you're like what is do I even want to do this do I want to wake up at 4 30 and read a newspaper about something completely random while I sit in a nice bath and um you know do all these other crazy things like that's just a hustle response and a hustle solution to a problem created by hustle and I think it was uh Albert Einstein that said you you're not the thinking that got you into the problem is not the thinking that's going to help you find the solution I'm paraphrasing that he said it way more eloquently, <laughs> but, um, and I think that's where a program like time hackers comes in because the, the type of thinking that you, the, the program, the way you structure everything is completely coming from a different perspective where it's not, how can I hustle my way out of the hustle culture? It's how can I honor rest and trusting myself and listening to my internal cues to, solve this problem yes I love that you put that down and really pointed that out for everyone listening because I know a lot of our listeners 
are guilty of. I mean, I this was my first solution. The whole reason why this program was created because I for sure was trying to solve hustle by hustling more and by perfecting that morning routine and by adding all of these steps. And it's so interesting because, by the way, if anyone listening, like if the ice bath and the five minutes reading and the 10 minutes yoga, like if that works for you, I'm all for you doing what works for you. I think the point that we're making is like, if it's not working for you, then kind of don't criticize yourself or don't think that you can't be productive efficient effective successful without doing those things and I love that you pointed out about like the Jeff Bezos morning routine because funnily enough I was reading something around um different you know and it was male CEOs and their morning routines and one of the examples was Warren Buffett and he like goes and drives to McDonald's and gets I can't remember what it's called but like something from McDonald's and a full fat coke and it's like that's how he starts his day it's like counter to whatever anyone would say and, in, and no one listening is like, oh, well, that's going to be the answer. I'm going to start my day with a McDonald's and that's going to, yeah, right. you know, allow me to be like Warren Buffett. But I think the problem is when we're getting these messages that like the, you know, five, five step morning routine is going to be like when it makes logical sense, we fall for it. And sometimes having that example of like, maybe I don't need to spend my morning exactly how other people spend their morning to produce the results that they produce. Yeah. No, um, that's interesting. I didn't know that about Warren Buffett. How is he still alive? <laughs> um, but, you know, to your point about if it works for you, I'd actually encourage folks, explore why it works for you. Is it because it's such a pattern interrupt, like the ice bath? Is it that you're just literally shocking your body into and your brain into like, I can't focus on anything while I'm submerging myself? Or this is the only thing I can focus on is, is stealing my willpower to get in this I've never done this, so I don't know. Um, but is is that the key? And is it that creating that little bit of space for yourself? Is that why that's successful? So I think being really intentional, even if I'm going to follow these CEO solutions, why do they work or why might they work for me? Because I think you never hear that part of it. It's just that, oh, it's because I carved out this time in the morning um, for myself and that's why and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. uh, you know, I think the other thing that a lot of these solutions miss and really what this, this is a struggle for me is they never mention those that those people have families and like little kids and stuff so yeah you try to get up at 4 30 oh wait both your kids are already awake at 4 30 so now what like what are you gonna do <laughs> just be like sorry kids i'm gonna go take an ice bath oh but don't come in here with me even though you're crawling all over me like no it just it doesn't work and again that whole hustle culture kind of ignores the family child dynamic aspect of it and again it's because where did it originate from who were predominantly CEOs when all of this sort of came about. Um, and did they just have partners that could handle all those other things while they could focus on their morning routine? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think um, that is part of the branding where the feminist branding came from was the realization that like, we need to move away from how it was created. So I love how you've touched on that. And I also love how you've connected to the why I feel like it's such like a doctor, like that doctor part of your brain that like understands the why behind it. And um, one of the examples that I've talked about inside Time Hackers is, you know, people say they have their best ideas in the shower. So therefore, like, what are we supposed to do? Just like go and grab a shower? Well, no, like it's the conditions in the shower. It's like what we're allowing for our brain in the shower. And how do we kind of recreate that on demand if that works for us? 
don't you talk about going on a walk where you're like dictating into your phone and just like don't don't worry if people think you look kind of loco <laughs> just talking about random yes. stuff yeah, it's okay so it's the same yeah thing right you're yes creating space for you to do that yeah I think we don't create space to listen to ourselves enough um in fact this came up recently coaching someone in the group around like journaling and wanting to build a daily journal practice and I just think if that's you and you're listening and you want to build something like a journal practice use what works for you like it's easier for me easier than sitting down with a pen and piece of paper I can never reread my writing like it's just not legible it's not useful and so I'm not going to reread it in which case the how I would like to journal is walking and talking out loud to myself and luckily in the modern day world it just looks like I'm on the phone even though I've just got headphones in I think one day I'll be brave enough maybe to do it without headphones I'm not sure yeah yeah well you know it's the thought that people feel the need to be productive in the shower too right mm. like, taking a shower is not enough um and I think it's because they recognize, hey, I can't do these other productive things that occupy my mind. And that's creating the space for these ideas to flow through. And there are actually solutions. I feel a little guilty saying this, but I've heard that there's there are like whiteboards designed for the shower so you can write down your idea. Everyone um, is going to Amazon now. <laughs> right. I have not gotten one of those, but it is true because you'll be like in the shower and you're just thinking, you're like, wait, 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 keep stay in my head. Just stay <laughs> in my head. And then you get out of the shower and you're like, I forgot it. Yes. Yes. But that's exactly. why you need to create more of that space for yourself. Exactly. That's what it is for everyone listening. It's about the space. Yesterday, I did a workshop for senior women in finance. And they've all got a million pulls in different directions. And they know that they want to create space. But what I was saying to them is, like, until you value the space, you will just never create it. Until you, like, as long as you're valuing, like, the meeting or your presence or, um, replying to emails super fast then you will keep choosing that over the space and it's not until we have the space that we see the benefit of the space which is a struggle like what would you say to someone who is saying that I mean it's like so many things uh in the world is until you do it you will you can't see that you need it or its benefit um uh, so it's it's just you know if if what you've tried is not working for you uh, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. Yeah, I think that's really the the key is if something's not working, you try something else. So what do you have to lose to try mm -hmm. time hacking and and you know what, what you teach? Yeah, and I just know that there are people listening that are already like I'm trying to think of the word, but already like in awe of what you do, and to be like I've got two young kids, I've I'm a doctor, and I have a business, a coaching business on the side that are listening. Like wait how do you do that like is there anything you want to share to anyone who's like whoa yeah so you know I think before the complete exhaustion from having kids really so called <laughs> I I got really good at using like 10 minutes of time here and there um like I used to I've literally uh you know I I would write I used to write kind of probably 1500 2000 word blog posts in my iPhone on the notes app like while rocking a, a, one of my kids to sleep or doing something like that, you know? So um, at that time, that was something that worked is just thinking creatively about your day. Like, Hey, I tend to have more time than I think I have. Where is that time? Like, yes, that time is not me being in front of my computer, being able to type a blog post, but we have all these, other, you know, we, we almost all of us carry a 
super powerful computer in our, in our um, pockets. So use that when you can. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, it, it's been a three-year process. So mm -hmm. I've built up so many of the things that I can use to run the business that it wasn't overnight. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's easy for me to do relatively easier for me to do a launch now because I have the emails, I have the sale, I have everything, blah, blah, blah to do. I just need to flip the switches, turn it on, show up a fraction of the time that I used to have to show up and, and, and make it work. So, you know, yeah. I think everyone's like, Oh, here he is now, but they don't look at where I was and where I came from and all those little steps along the way and all those missteps along yeah. the way. Yeah. So you said something then that I just have to point out to everyone. You said like, we have more time than we think we have. And I know people are listening are like, wait, what? But it's absolutely true that we have more time than we think we have. What do you think stops people from seeing that? It's a really good question. Um, I think a large part of our culture and hustle culture is that busyness is almost a virtue. And that like for a friend to say, let's go grab coffee or something for me to be like, mm, I don't know, check my schedule, you know, have your people call my people we'll figure <laughs> out a time. I, like, I think that's almost a badge of honor in a way. Yeah. Um, because you're demonstrating, hey, I'm a busy person. My time is worth it. And you're you're petitioning me for a little 15 minutes of my time that I actually would really like to do and value more than everything else I'm doing. But I've signed myself up for all these other things. Um, the other uh, thing for me is really, really like doom scrolling on social I was just going to say, it's like I'm so it's, busy, but also I find an hour right. every... Like I, everyone, I want you to just... From like a non... You don't need to criticize yourself or spiral in any way, but just from a like a curiosity point of view, like just have a look at your phone and how long you spend on it every day. <laughs> right. When we say like, I don't have time or you think I really don't have time. You have time. It's always about how you're spending it. And I don't think Janaid or I are going to tell you that you shouldn't be on your phone and you shouldn't be scrolling and you shouldn't be having that downtime. But what I just love that point that you made. And I just wonder what would be different if everyone just, ask themselves like how might I have more time than I think I have like where do I have more time and I love the point you made earlier about the 10 minutes finding 10 minutes because maybe you don't have an hour right and maybe finding an hour feels very daunting and overwhelming but can you open the door and see like the first crack of light and just be like okay actually I do have five minutes I do have you know 10 minutes here here and there and just you don't even need to fill it with something immediately I think what would be really beneficial for everyone listening is just to see its existence notice. yeah exactly yeah, notice it I was, I was just trying to there was something I learned about two months ago yeah. it's called uh revenge bedtime procrastination yes thing. tell them about um, it well yeah so um let me see if I can get this right it's basically you you're actively making a decision to sacrifice sleep to enjoy some leisure time because your daily schedule did not allow you or you felt like you didn't get enough done. And so you're basically like, well, well, damn it. I'm going to now going to go watch a two hour Netflix movie, even though it's 11 PM. And then you're up till 1 AM and you're wondering why you're tired and miserable the next day. And you're immediately, you know, you wake up, you're like, I regret that decision. Yeah. Um, but I never had a term for it. Like it's, it's so interesting that there's a, a term for this and it's, I, I think we also weaponize it almost like revenge 
productivity. Oh, yes. And so this is what I historically have done to myself all the time. It's like 11 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I feel I have, I feel like I haven't got enough done time to go put in two hours of work. And so like, even, even yesterday after we got the kids down, um, I had to come, it's always dangerous if I have to go back downstairs, uh, to like wash their waters. I'm like, Ooh, I'm probably gonna get on the computer. But then I wasted like 30 minutes on social media. And then I was like, Oh, but there's all the stuff I want to get done. And I said, Nope, sorry, you wasted your time or you chose to spend your, sorry, let me rephrase that. I yeah. chose to spend my time, uh, mindlessly going through stuff on social media. So I said, Nope, now it's time for bed. You didn't get done what you wanted to get done. When are you going to get that done? You're just going to go to bed now instead of staying up till 1 a.m. trying to accomplish that thing. Yes, that is such a power move. I just want everyone listening. Like, so revenge, revenge productivity. I think that's brilliant. That's definitely what we're going to talk, call the podcast. It's just such a fun concept. This idea, and I know so many people do it, and you've just given a great like phrase to it. Revenge productivity is when you tell yourself at 11 o'clock at night, instead of I'm going to watch this two-hour Netflix, oh, now I have to do all the things that I didn't get done today. But what you just shared was that awareness around knowing it's happening mm -hmm. and then deciding to sit in the consequence right of like no I didn't get done what I needed to now what that's going to teach your brain is tomorrow I better get I better get the things done that I want to do because I'm not going to let myself make up for it and I think one of the biggest mistakes I see out there when it comes to revenge productivity is we don't realize we are creating and forming a new habit mm -hmm. and we are teaching our brain that we cannot be productive in the day because we will make up for it later mm -hmm. and we end up in this cycle of like revenge productivity 11 p.m going forward and I love that you shared that experience and shared just for everyone listening that it's possible to say no to your brain in that moment and and it's important though right and you'll have your good days and you'll have your bad days your brain will win some of the time maybe you'll overcome it some of the other time um I don't necessarily like setting the brain uh up as sort of this dichotomous uh, me versus it thing but it's sometimes yeah. helpful to look at it like that like your brain actually has its own agenda in a way and that's to use the least amount of energy and to to protect itself and mm -hmm. we're on top of that we are layering our hustle culture everything else we want to get done yeah um so there is sort of the potential for strife and, and internal conflict there um and it's yeah. just understanding you have a human brain that's functioning actually the way it's supposed to Right. Our brain's job is to keep us alive, not to make us productive, not yeah. to hit goals. Whether whether you like it or not, like that's what your brain is going to do. And the sooner you come to terms with that and accept it, the sooner you can move past that. Absolutely. And I love the point you made for everyone listening around not ending up in like an argument with your own brain. Like it's kind of like you have this tool, you know how it operates, hopefully. I mean, it's one of the things that we cover in Time Hackers. I'm sure it's something you cover with your own clients, like understanding the motivations of the brain. So we, we're not gonna change, we're not gonna change everything about the brain, especially like this lower part of our brain, the primal part of our brain. But if you know how it operates, then you get to like manage it accordingly. Right. Um I mean. Yeah. You have to negotiate with your toddlers. You have to negotiate with your toddler brain, right? Like yes. sometimes exactly. that involves tricking it into what you want to do. So what you're saying is, as he, as our little one gets into the toddler phase, that I'm already well versed because I've been negotiating with my toddler brain. I, you know, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that gives you a leg up. He started saying no, but I don't think yeah. he fully knows what it means. So it's like, just no. I'm like, do you want more? He's like, no. And then I like take it away and he starts crying. I'm like, 
yeah, yeah. This yeah. is an interesting phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes your brain does that, right? Like at 11 o'clock at night, you're not making the best decisions. It's your brain is tired, you're tired. So you're going to, your brain's, you're saying no, and your brain's like, no, no to the no. <laughs> but I am also tired and exhausted. So why are you keeping me awake? But you, you, you said you wanted to do that. Like, yeah. So, so what we want you to take from this, everyone is it's not just you, it's all right. of us. And it's not a problem. You can still have the job, have the kids, have the side business. You can still create what you want. You can still achieve goals and have a human brain, a human toddler brain, a human toddler brain. And, um, I think part of the, the hustle culture and it's implied in the name is there's an immediacy to everything. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's, you know, most people overestimate what they can do in, I think it's a year, but they underestimate what they can do in like five or 10 years. Yes. Um, and even like, I even think most people overestimate what they can do in a day, but underestimate okay. what they can do in a month. And like, okay. I think, I think you're, you're spot on um, for everyone listening. Your brain by design is overestimating what you can do in the short term and underestimating what you can do in the long term. And the danger with that is if we overestimate what we can do in the short term and we keep not doing it, then we start to think there's something wrong with us, that we're not capable of doing the things. And that's what compromises our longer term accomplishments. And, and for those who rely on planners and such, I just was thinking about this yesterday, looking at a, a planner is, there's just, even if even the you know they'll have a month view but it's just the the numbers the days of the of the month it's not you can you can't actually use it to do anything whereas everything is designed in a day or a week and so there's this it's putting these constraints like hey you said you wanted to accomplish something you have 7 days to do it and if you don't do it you probably book the other 7 days for something versus there was literally like a month long planner where you could put your intended tasks on it it might actually relieve that that sort of pressure yeah I even think that as we're coming up to the end of the year a lot of the conversations that are happening inside Hustle Free Holidays are around this idea and we just did a podcast that came out today actually on um on like what to do when you fail your goals and this like end of year is so arbitrary it's right. decided for us like we're not like on December 31st like there's no reason aside from this like group yeah. think or this like <laughs> ability to outsource a decision the deadline is just that decision and so I think it applies there too just yeah for everyone listening I would just say like be willing to kind of have like flexibility around the way you view things and just knowing that someone else decided the week someone else decided the month someone else decided the year and if they don't serve you then you don't have to abide by them different cultures had different ideas different constructs for what time was and how time worked and we are beholden to the one that we know and we're taught but is there really a difference between eleven fifty nine on december 31st versus midnight on january 1st of 2024 there it's a minute so that's that's it otherwise there's no real difference Absolutely. I want to talk about that a bit more on this podcast about the different cultures and the evolution of time. And I mean, I didn't even know till recently ish, like there used to be way more time zones in the US. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there used to be like all these different time zones. And it was once we start, it was like industrialization and this idea that we were going to like travel via train, you know, to work from one place to another that required like 
the cohesion, um, more cohesion around time, even though there is still, but there used to be like, I mean, definitely over 20 time zones, but I think it was like over 50. Yeah. yeah. So just more granular, a little. More granular, little... which makes sense if you're thinking about like farm work and. Yeah. Doesn't, and then I guess just like through industrialization and globalization and all of this stuff, it, but it's like time is literally made up. It's a useful construct in some ways, and in some ways it's not, so. Yeah, I think that, I love that point exactly. It's like, it's also, it's a tool for you, right? Like, I think that's what we're playing on here is don't use time to guilt or shame yourself. It's literally a tool. It's a measurement tool. I'm thinking about, like, my height. I'm quite short. I'm five foot two and a half. And, like, that's just data, and time is just data, except for some, not for some reason, we know exactly why, but we've been trained that like how we use certain data or the results from certain data attached to like our value as a human being. Whereas like, I don't attach anything to my value as being five foot two. Um, maybe a different time I would have done when I was like living in simpler times, maybe being taller would have been more valuable, but like there is nothing, like it's a learned analysis of the data that that we use to project onto ourselves right you know being six foot six is useful if you're a volleyball or basketball player not so useful if you fly a lot right like you being five two and a half a little nicer for you on the plane in terms of leg room um maybe you can hide in smaller areas than <laughs> other people right um i say that now having to like crawl after a five-year-old into tiny places yeah um, so that's top of mind but there's advantages and disadvantages to everything. It's just a matter of what your frame of reference is about it. Yes, exactly. And you've spoken about hustle quite a lot. So I assume that this is like a big part of your work. Am I right? Uh, in, in a way, yeah. So really, I uh, the way healthcare works in the US, especially I'm a primary care doc. Um, so um, is that there's with the corporatization of medicine, it's how many more widgets can you produce in an hour and unfortunately in our case a widget is actually a human being with a, a health need and so the things that get cast aside are all the other work around seeing the person so we have to document a, a ton of stuff about that visit and um, most people don't build that time into their day and then they wonder why I just saw 24 people why do I have 24 reports mm -hmm. to write uh, and when am I going to have the time to do that so um, a little bit of it is the hustle culture of, of medicine, um, which is so embedded, like people don't even recognize it as hustle. It's like, but, but this is just it. This is, it. this is it. And I'm like, well, do you have to see 25 people a day? Can you see 20, you know, two and go a little slower and finish your, your uh, paperwork as you go? Um, and even for some folks, that's like a light bulb. Like, oh, do I have to see this? I was just expected of me. Mm -hmm. I thought so. Um, so yeah, th that's where the hustle falls in. But really, it's also just helping people reflect on how they make that backlog of paperwork, what they what they uh, make that mean about themselves. And we put all this emphasis that actually, like me interacting with you if, hypothetically as a patient, that's where the value is. The value is not in the little report that I write up, but the only tangible evidence that I saw you, aside from you saying you saw me, is this little piece of paper now, you know, digitized to say that I saw you and I did these things. So it's like, I have to put all my expertise and everything and craft it in a certain way to Im impress other people to, sh to show that I, I gave value. And I really try to deconstruct that for, for the clients.
Yeah, it's so interesting, actually, because a few doctors have brought me in, Bonnie being one of them, to coach their groups. And this mm -hmm. has come up a lot, the writing of the charts. And I think also you have to think about like the type of person who becomes a doctor, succeeds at becoming a doctor, gets hired, and they're used to doing excellent work. They're used to being at the top of the class. They're used to overachieving. And then it's like saying you know, like maybe this report doesn't need to be as detailed. Right. And it's like, what's like everything I do, I demand excellence of myself. And it's, and for anyone listening, who's not a doctor who all the supplies outside of the doctor world, but I'm sure it applies for your clients. It's like this demanding of excellence across everything. I was having this conversation with a friend recently. She was like, I give a hundred percent to everything. I was like, you don't give a hundred percent to everything. Like, it's impossible. Like the maths is not mathing. Yeah, so right. like, instead of saying to ourselves, I'm, I give a hundred percent to everything and then failing mm -hmm. or not having enough time for, for like, for this person, it was like family. So they're not having enough time for the values that we actually hold personally, because we're taught to, you know, overvalue the productivity stuff. Um, own and be like oh this is something where I can just give five percent mm -hmm. yeah you know we say b plus work is <laughs> it's still good enough yeah and especially I'm sure like so in your job and in your business I know that I see this in my business there are certain things that I do want to give a plus work to right but there are definitely things that I can do b minus work to and like it serves the function and actually I think it serves my business, my clients, my team, everyone better, that there is that difference. Mm -hmm. well, 100%. You you want your attention uh, placed where it needs to be placed. Yeah. You yeah. Don't, you don't want it pulled away with all these other distracting things. Yes. And what would you say to anyone, because this is something that comes up a lot, that feels like guilty or lazy or is like, oh, that's like bad. Um, unfortunately it's, it's how you've been conditioned and it's how you've been rewarded your entire life since you were a child. It's how our schooling system is based. Um, it's how you might've been selected for to get into whatever position you are, to get your promotion, to get into your, your grad school program, whatever it may be. And so you are now trying to challenge this, having built up this just, you know, ponderous amount of evidence that it works. And it serves you and it, it it is useful again in some contexts it's useful but uh we tend to weaponize it our um against ourselves and sort of all or nothing thinking and so it's just asking you know putting putting little pauses there for yourself well how is this hurting me how might this be different mm -hmm. how might a different approach work a little bit you know i, I think um uh interestingly when when you rolled out the one-on-one -on -one, uh coaching calls I did, uh, you were kind enough to, to grant existing members sort of a package of three. So I did all three of mine in like a, a day and a half. Love and I, I, I brought to them all the same point. And it was just so interesting how each of them was able to tease out a completely different thing yeah. about it. And um, ask me, you know, usually good coaching is usually asking, the, posing a question or phrasing something in such a way that it causes your client to ask themselves a question that's really just really small, like, but, but why, or like, how could it be different? And if you can just entertain a little bit of doubt in whatever sort of train of certainty you've been writing all this time, then you can, you know, say, okay, let's slow down and let's, let's try something else or let's see, okay, yeah. How could this be different? What could this look like? Even if I'm 10 miles away from that destination and I can't really fathom it, but, but 
we all are creative. We all have some degree of imagination. What would it look like if it was just one degree, one degree off, 1% different? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one thing you say a lot is belief is not this 100% thing. You can have 1% belief. And is that enough to take an action? And, and it is because what is experimentation? Experimentation is not, I have a hundred percent belief in everything at all times. It's this might work. Mm. The only way to find out is to have a 1% belief and test it out. Yes. I love it. And thank you for sharing about the one-to-one -one coaching experience as well. Um, just so everyone knows that's something that's gifted to you when you become a time hacker or you can just sign up for the one-to-one -one coaching program is there anything so we're going to do two things before I let you go sorry I've realized we've run over time okay thank you so the first thing is just it's a um, construct Vicky it's a construct. exactly it's just a construct <laughs> um the first thing is just if there is anything that you want to share about the program about your experience in the program maybe even particularly for any men thinking about the program and the second thing is I want you to tell people how they can work with you and connect with you and who you help and um ways to get in touch yeah so I think uh you know if especially for the, for the, for the men out there, because coaching is still a predominantly, unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately because it's uh, predominantly uh, female, but unfortunately for men that they feel like they can't partake in it because sometimes you want to get coached by someone that knows your experiences or has your experience. And honestly, yours is not the first program I joined. That was, I mean, I joined a group that literally had women in the title that the person yeah. let me in. <laughs> so um, that's just the nature of coaching. So uh, I think for for men especially, just understanding like there is value in rest and thinking about how you can show up as your best self if you allow yourself even an inch to just entertain that thought. Like how could rest actually help me be more productive? And then looking like, what are the tools out there to help me do that? And if you're looking around and you're seeing absolutely no tools, Vicky's entire program is is just that. So um, that's what I'll what, that's what I'll say about that. Um, as for where folks can find me, um, my coaching business is uh, Prosperous Life MD. Uh, my website is is that dot com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Prosperous Life MD. And uh, if you're a physician or um, in the U.S., uh, we have. Uh, uh, other healthcare professionals, uh, uh, APPs, we call them, um, who needs help with sort of getting your work done at work because uh, it's the leading cause of burnout here, then, um, you know, I have various ways to help you. You can find me on those uh, those channels. Amazing. And we will have the links in the show notes so you can just click them and be directed. And again, I just want to thank you for being a pioneer in the Time Hackers community and joining. Sounds like it wasn't your first space to do that I just think it's very powerful to do that to say I'm going to get the support that I need I'm going to reach out like I'm going to identify what I want and then I'm going to do what it takes to get it I think it's so powerful and such a great example and I'm hoping you know everyone listening knows that you know this is what we're creating in this community and that they're welcome and I love that the work that you do and the example that you are setting and just super grateful for your time and expertise and wisdom and everything that you've shared Thanks so much, Janae. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, 
then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported and coached of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickilouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.